0: Welcome to Men of the Hearts, a monthly podcast from the Archdiocese of Detroit Office of Priestly Vocations. Join me, your host, Father Craig Guerra, and me, Father David Pelican, as we explore the priesthood, hear vocation stories from priests all over the Archdiocese, and answer questions about discerning a priestly vocation. Tune in every month to wherever you get your podcast, and learn more at DetroitPriestlyVocations.com. Well, welcome everybody to another edition of Men of the Hearts podcast. Our last episode, we had on the wonderful past vocation director extraordinaire, Father Tim Burney with us. He reminded us to take our vocation pill, right, Father David? That's right. The vocation pill is to pray for vocations, to invite men to vocations to the priesthood, to love your parish priest because happy priests inspire new vocations and to live your faith. This month is unique as we get a little glimpse of rectory living as a priest as we invite none other than all the priests who are currently living at Divine Child Parish in Dearborn, which of course means Father David and I, but also Father Bob McCabe and Father John Dudek. Welcome, Father Bob and Father John. How are you doing? Great. Doing great, Father Craig. Thanks for having us today. Awesome. Great to have you here, Father David, the trusted co-host. Always wonderful to have you in the studio. How are you, my brother? Doing well. Living the dream, as I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, Father Bob and Father John, before we get into your vocation story, uh, what's been a blessing for you in this past month? Father Bob, why don't you uh, start us off?
1: Well, let's see. I'm not, I was kiddingly saying before that on Valentine's Day, my sciatica acted up. But, uh, <laughs> so, my blessing is able to uh, lay down, go to bed without any pain. So that's Ooh, a great right. blessing. You're, su- you're sounding too close to me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, good it's a, new, new, a great new appreciation.
0: <laughs> and you got a new uh, V8, a hot rod car, right? Yes. Zoom, zoom. <laughs> not, not a hot rod, but candy apple red. It's <laughs> good. That's good.
1: I'm grateful. Whip. No,
2: of course. Father John, how are you doing? I am doing great, Father John. Any great. special blessings with you this you know what this uh, this first year of uh, the priesthood? Every day, every month, every every week is, is a blessing. I'm learning so much. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes I describe it like trying to drink out of a fire hose. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. never never thirsty. The little spillage, but uh, I'm learning a ton, and I'm blessed to be living in the same house as these with yourself and and Father David and Father Bob. So thanks for having us again mm-hmm. today.
0: It's great. It's great to have you here. And Father David, what about you? What you've been doing these days?
3: Oh, you know, uh, Lent is one of my favorite seasons, so I've been enjoying entering into that a little more. Um, Yeah, that's been a blessing. I also have uh, a little project I've been working on, though. Oh, yeah. What's that project? Um, Well, we have a long time project at uh, the DC Rectory. Uh, We're building a little private chapel in the Rectory itself, and I'm building the altar for it. So, Father Craig was able to find a little portable altar stone with a relic in it that we're going to, we don't know which saint, but some relic. Uh, but we're going to inlay that in. So I, I got some nice uh, red oak and going to make an altar out of that. So yeah, looks a fun great. Fun project.
2: Yeah, you got the legs done with a, a fluting in it. Legs are getting it? there. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's right. Fluting, fluting. We got legs. signs in the hallway that say pardon the dust. Yeah, <laughs> <somewhere
0: else. laughs> and, and you uh, put up the new uh, stained glass window as well.
3: Yes, yes. We got a stained glass window from St. Rita's. It is uh, the Blessed Mother uh, giving the rosary to St. Dominic. So.
0: Yeah, very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. My blessing this month was uh, I made a little bet with Father John the other day because uh, he's a Michigan State fan and I am a Duke fan. Go green. And uh, Duke crushed Michigan State and the March yeah. Madness there. So um, I get uh, P.F. Changs. P.F. Changs. On uh, Father John. <laughs> yeah, <so>. absolutely. <laughs> All right. I mean, well, Father Bob, why don't you uh, start us off with uh, your vocation story? Why don't you tell us a little bit about
1: how you came to the priesthood? Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I grew up in uh, uh, a wonderful Catholic family. Uh, started going to school at uh, Cabrini. And uh, during those years, I... Uh, Father Tim wasn't there yet, right? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Father Tim was uh, uh, a twinkle in his parents' eyes. Because so, <laughs> uh, I am 68, soon to be 69. And <clears throat> back then, I, I started at Cabrini. And I I thought about maybe being like a brother or something like that, not necessarily a priest. Uh, But then as time went by, I uh, kind of forgot about that. And um, let's see, I had other interests. To be quite honest, when I was uh, in 10th grade, I wanted to be a a movie director. I was going to graduate from high school and go to California and be a movie director. Mm. Uh, I didn't know that. That's m- why you
0: have this great love of all these movies. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but uh, I then, in senior year of high school, I was on the yearbook, and as much as I like uh, movies, I came to appreciate photography even more passionately. Mm. So yes. I wanted—I was going to be a photographer, professional photographer. Uh, went to uh, Mercy College back when it was only Mercy instead of UD Mercy and uh, uh, started there in the fall of 71. Uh, started taking some religion classes, and uh, my second year of college, someone invited me to a prayer meeting. And uh, uh, at first, I, I kind of said, no, no, no. I thought it was a bunch of Jesus freaks or something like that. <laughs> so, but like after, you know, I always said, I have homework to do. And then the person kind of wore me down. So the third time, even though I did have homework, I went. And I was really impressed by the kindness of the people and you know, continued going for 17 years. Right. And uh, during that time, they emphasized things like a daily prayer life. So that was something new to me, even though I, I always went to Mass beforehand. Uh, it was that daily prayer and uh, um, developing good, strong friendships and later, um, after a few years, just having a greater love for the sacraments, that eventually I started thinking about the priesthood. Now, to back up a little bit, the, uh, the June before, um, it was after my first year of college. And, you know, everyone knows everything after a first year of college, right? <laughs> so a friend of mine. What were you going to college for? Was it photography? Uh, let's see. Um, I, I minored in journalism. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, But after my first year, I, uh, I asked a friend who was just graduating from high school, well, George, what are you going to do now that you're, you're out of high school? He said, well, I'm going to go in the seminary and study to be a priest. And I was 19, and my response was, George, why would you ever want to do that? <laughs> it's like throwing your life away. It'll sure. be as though you never lived. Wow, so, strong <laughs> words. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know, because I guess I thought that if you don't get married, you don't have kids. It so, was the
2: seventies, you know.
1: It it was it was <laughs> the seventies. So, uh, but but after going to, to prayer meetings for a couple of years, mm. I started to realize that there was a beauty in the priesthood and religious life, and that mm. uh, I, I kind of got to the point where cause I had a very impressive teacher. It was a, a nun. I thought, okay, if it's for you, if it's meant for you, then that's cool. At that time, I didn't think it was for me, but at least I appreciated it more. But as time went on, you know, I started thinking what a beautiful thing it would be to serve people that aren't your, your kin, your, aren't your own family. Uh, Mother Teresa one time said that everyone is so busy that there's a lot of people falling through the cracks. And uh, it, even St. Paul uh, talks about how if you're married, your responsibility is to your spouse and your kids, um, but there is that advantage of being single where you can uh, dedicate yourself to, to others. So, uh, eventually, uh, I kind of had a stirring, and but I, to use a phrase that a friend had uh, has uh, used before, I had analysis paralysis. So <laughs> I, I thought about. I'm embarrassed <laughs> to say, but I'm. I thought about it for like thirteen years, you know. But so it was a tug of war: should sort I of get married, and God and wife permitting, have nine to eleven kids, or become a priest. So uh, and nine I never nine to eleven kids. Nine to eleven. Yeah. <laughs> nine to eleven. <laughs> the parameters set. Yeah. So uh, that's my story, and second to it, the old so, <laughs> Yeah. So um, it, now I never had a priest friend that I could ask uh, a thousand and one questions. To like well, what about this? What about that? So I, I kind of envisioned myself being kind of like uh, on the outside of a building uh, with a big brick wall, and kind of like jumping to try to see what's what's on the other side. You know, what do priests do other than say mass and maybe hear some confessions and weddings and funeral? What else do they do? I really didn't know, and I didn't know for a long time. Like, you know, would I be happy as a priest? I. I it was really a, a leap of faith that eventually I thought there's only one way I'm going to find out. I'm going to have to enter the seminary because you can just... Anyways, so I, <laughs> I entered the seminary and after the first year, I, uh, I, yeah, I think this is, this is for me. I felt at home.
0: Yeah, let's back up a little bit. You yeah. said it took 13 years. So yeah. when you first went to this prayer group after a little while, you felt called to the priesthood or maybe that stirring in your heart. Mm-hmm. And what were you doing at this time? I know you uh, worked I was, for in different things. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: I, well, I would say most importantly, I was very involved in the prayer group, even in the leadership. So, I mean, I knew that I was doing good work mm-hmm. building the kingdom right there. So it was a question of, you know, is God asking for more? I was very happy as a single person. I knew I could be a very good husband and father. Uh, to be quite honest, I was more confident about that than, you know, could I be a, really a good priest? Cause never uh, never actually worked at a parish before. Uh, I just didn't know. But um, what kind of work did I do? Uh, I had a number of different jobs. There was a, a while that I was striving to be a uh, a, a photographer, but found out that most photographers were freelance. And I thought, if I'm going to have nine to eleven kids, I need a <laughs> steady job. So eventually, sure. I became a mailman. So yes. I, uh, so I got my exercise at work. You know, yeah. and actually not far from the seminary too. And uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, I had I had great friends uh, from the prayer group. A lot of single men that we lived together and. Uh, one by one, they got married, and uh, uh, e- eventually I, I just had to, uh, I asked my spiritual director, and my, actually my confessor, and he encouraged me to to look into the seminary, and I did. And uh, But it, it, all along, there was a great, uh, I think, stirring in my heart. I, I had a misunderstanding, though. I thought you had to be 100% sure. Before you even entered the seminary, mm-hmm. so that was a misconception that I had, you yeah. know. And most people say, "Oh, you know," well, I, I remember at a gas station meeting the girl that I took to my uh, senior prom, and uh, one friend said, "Did you get her number?" You know. So everyone it kind of has the <laughs> mindset of marriage, you know. Yeah. And for me, it was like, which one will I really be most fulfilled? What is it that God wants? Mm-hmm. Not what I want. What, is, what does God want? And uh, uh, yeah. And e- eventually, um, uh, there was also a question. I was very fulfilled serving people I knew in the prayer group that I knew for fifteen years. But I thought, will I be fulfilled serving people that you know just come in after after the death of a loved one, or going to minister to someone in the hospital, or, and and. Uh, Uh, So that was all a leap of faith, and uh, the longer I was in the seminary, uh, the more comfortable I felt with the idea of becoming a priest. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was ordained, I've been ordained now 26 years, I was ordained when I was 42, and the interesting thing is, is that even though I had like that misunderstanding that you're supposed to know for sure before you even apply, I think God was just working on me for Number of years, and I believe I entered the seminary the very day God wanted me to. I felt Mm. I was ordained the very day God wanted me to. I I just, just who I was, I don't, I I can't even imagine myself being ordained when I was in my 20s, like Father David. (laughs) You know, just that's inconceivable. But I, I think. Uh, I was, uh, well, I guess you'd call it a late bloomer. So I'm, I'm incredibly honored that I've had the, the assignments I've had. Uh, I, I've had a number of assignments, and um, I love being at a parish with a school. Mm-hmm. It, it, it brings a certain dynamic uh, component to things, and, uh, uh, and currently at Divine Child, and uh, eternally grateful.
0: That's yeah great. well you that's talk great. about serving and ministering to your prayer group I mean I, I see it in you that, that you have this natural gift of just having time stop that when you're talking to you 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 feel like you're just that's the only people that are I could see you when you're talking to people it's like you are locked in with another person everything else kind of falls away and I can see the beauty of that ministry that you do and you actually helped me out I, I think I told you this a long time ago but I remember it was my either third or fourth year in in the seminary, and I just, it was around Christmas time because I think you came to the Christmas party or something. I don't remember what, but I just was kind of feeling down, and you came uh, into the seminary, and I think I was showing you maybe some of my artwork or something like that, and just kind of Revealed to you that I was just kind of struggling a little bit. And you said, you know, you really need to read this book. I think it will help you a lot. And it was uh, Thomas Merton's The Seven Story Mountain. Now, I don't really necessarily like Thomas Merton very much, his writings. But that book, I loved a lot. And and I still love that book. It's a great vocation story for anybody who just wants to hear another man who was struggling trying to figure out what life was like for him as Mm -hmm. well. So just thank you for that. Like, as you had a great impact on my vocation as well. Thank you, Father and, Craig. And then, like I, I, as I talk to men, you know, a lot of times we think when we go into the seminary or we become a priest that we somehow lose our gifts. And mm-hmm. and you didn't lose your gifts either because didn't you have a magazine with the seminary and you took all the photographs for it and everything? It, mosaic, yeah, we had a mosaic. It was actually... It, uh, was it mosaic or was it something different?
1: What was it called? Oh, it was called... Um, hmm, Gothic, the Gothic. Gothic. Okay. Yes, and I took pretty much... M- like 90% of the pictures. So that it's a nice yearbook. And and, and
3: you still use your photography skills as a priest. I How do. How many, we, we had our, our high school play the other day. How many pictures did you take at, at, the, at the high school play
1: when you attended? Well, providentially, I, providentially, I was in the front row, and one of the <laughs> teachers, one of the, the parents <laughs> said, oh, will you take a, a picture of my daughter? And, and so like four hundred pictures later, they were not <laughs> all of her. But I just, I, I took a lot of pictures of yes. the, the whole cast, and uh, knowing that uh, many of them wouldn't turn out well, but you know, if, if out of four hundred you get twenty really good ones, I'm very satisfied. <laughs> that. that's,
0: that's a nice. real photographer there, right? Like, that's don't right. you have a like a computer with have a couple
1: terabytes of?
3: He's got a computer dedicated I'm, to his photos. I'm
1: yeah. just shy of 700,000 pictures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's great. That's and
0: amazing. then you want to tell a little bit about your ministry of what you were doing with the homeless in, yeah. in Detroit
1: and taking mm-hmm. pictures and, and what you did? Yeah, thank you. Well, actually, uh, I, I, I think that uh, most people don't have the opportunity to, to have a one-on-one conversation with a, a homeless person uh, or the or the. Maybe they feel a little awkward, so they or they're a little reluctant. Mm. So I thought if I took pictures, uh, and I think portraits are uh, well. They say the eyes are the window to the soul. Mm. So yeah, a portrait can help you see that uh, every person is unique, and maybe with even a little bit of a backstory, you understand that every homeless person or struggling person. Uh, they've had their own journey. Sometimes they've made some mistakes, or uh, some people—they, uh, well, one one person had been in the army and was just dealing with trauma afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, a lot of uh, a lot of different stories. Everyone has their own story, and uh, so I, I have taken pictures. Uh, I have. I feel like I'm doing a commercial or something, but um, <laughs> not I, at all. Please yeah. share with us. Well, on Facebook, I, I did. I actually spent five years taking pictures of the poor, the homeless, and struggling, and I entitled it "Winters on the Street." And mm-hmm. uh, and I, I then, after the five years, I went out with a tape recorder and did some interviews with some other people, and then I I meshed the two together. Uh, a very gifted musician. Uh, father and uh, a father. Um, Dr. Ricardo Selva provided music for it. So mm-hmm. it's really like three segments that are about 15 minutes each. And uh, I've done some other things that uh, try to help raise visibility for the poor, the homeless and struggling. Mm-hmm. So you know to help maybe in some ways to be a voice for people who don't have a yeah. voice. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll definitely beautiful. have that in our our description so that people can see your photographs and, oh. and what you did. I remember also. I think I was in the seminary at the time. Didn't you do a series of homeless for the Stations of the Cross as yes, well? Yes, I did. Because yeah. that was quite beautiful. I remember that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I and that's part of your gift of of really entering into people's lives. And I'm horrible at that sometimes. You know, when I was first ordained, like you know, Father John and Father David, it was like. I had my head, I had my head held up high wherever I went because I was looking for a conversation, and I went into those conversations. And lately, I'm like, how come no one wants to talk to me anymore? And it's like <laughs> I think that's my problem because I put my head down, and I'm like, I need to get sugar, I need to get coffee, and I don't want to. So, uh, having that openness to um, have those interactions is a very beautiful thing. Huh? Amen. So yeah, we'll come back to you and uh, talk a little bit more, but I don't want to deny Father John to speak a little bit about his uh, vocation story. So Father John, why don't you uh, let us know what, uh, how God worked
2: on you? Oh boy, that's, that's, <laughs> that's just like Father Bob, it's been a long journey. So uh, mm. um, you know what, it really started back when I was in high school, back in the 80s. I was attending Bishop Gallagher High School, and I remember my junior year going into the uh, counselor's office to get my uh, ACT results. And she sat me down and one of the first things she said was, that's okay, John. Not everyone was meant to go to college. Mm, it, wow. And it didn't faze mm. me because my, my mom and dad raised me to uh, to go to school. Um, it, it was just a different mindset. My dad only had an eighth grade education. Mm. Um, he, he was one of 13, grew up on a farm. You worked, right? So all, I'm the youngest of four. Everybody in my family always you went to school, got good grades, behaved graduated and got a job, So that was my plan. So I, uh, no sweat off my back, I, I just kind of nonchalantly mentioned it to the, uh, the uh, chaplain at the school and he saw something that I think uh, nobody else did. So he uh, talked to my mom and dad and next thing you know I was filling out an application for Sacred Heart Seminary. Mm. Uh, I enrolled and, and I was at Sacred Heart for uh, two and a half years until I took a leave of absence. Um, I met a young lady. Uh, We got married. We have two beautiful daughters, and uh, even though the the marriage didn't last, uh, she and I get along better today than we did the 20 years that we were married. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were uh, separated 14 years ago.
0: and just to explain to our, our listeners here to understand
2: that, yeah. you know, you went through the annulment yeah, process yeah, yeah, and yeah, everything yeah, like yep, that. Exactly. That's why we were Separated able, 14, yeah. divorced 12, and then I went through my annulment, I think it was like 9 years ago, 9 or 10 years ago. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so it's been a long, long journey. Um, but that flame, um, not knowing what to do. I was a special education teacher for 26 years. I taught in hmm. Detroit, Clarkston. How did that
0: happen? Like, you know... I mean did you have to go to college for that oh yeah yeah
2: yeah well i I left the seminary and i remember sitting down with my uncle who was in the educational Mm -hmm. system and uh, i sat down with him and i'm I'm like uncle joe you know i I need some help need some guidance so i was looking up to him he was my mentor and and uh he's like i'm like i'm thinking about wanting to go into education what do you want to do i said i was going to become a history teacher and he just basically threw the towel in and said. Don't bother. <laughs> and, and I was devastated because I had so many people telling me that I would make a good teacher uh, and really were, were encouraging me to pursue that, that avenue. Um, and chatting with him, it was, he said you know, that the, it was back in the 80s, there was a, a gluttony of educators mm. and, and social studies and history was, was a field that would have been hard to get my foot in the door. And I knew I wasn't good at math. I should say, I know that I'm not good at math. (laughs) Neither am I. (laughs) (laughs) I'm horrible at math. (laughs) So he asked me if I had any interest, if I did any volunteering. And I said, yeah, I've done a lot of work with uh, Special Olympics. That one thing led to another, the conversation. And next thing you know, I was uh, applying to Wayne State University, and I got my degree in uh, um, elementary education with a specialty in uh, cognitive impairments. I didn't know you were at Wayne State. Wayne State, yeah. Mm. Tartars. So, yeah, we got something coming. We were at Tartars, too. Not yep. warriors, Not but Tartars. Tartars, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day. So, uh, yeah, so I went to Wayne State, got my degree, started teaching in Detroit. Then from Detroit, I went to Clarkston, Clarkston and Novi. Of the 26 years, uh, all of them were in special education. The 17 were at the middle school level. And at nine were at the high school level, oh. so as you mentioned, I went through the whole annulment process, which was a very, very uh, enlightening uh, process for myself. Uh, it, it took a couple of years, not only for the paperwork to be submitted and, and processed, but it took time for me to go through the paperwork, mm-hmm. and it really helped me discover John Dudek, who John Dudek is, and, and where um, where life. All the events of my life and how they how do how did I get to where I was that day? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of doors are open, a lot of things are understood, and then it was my daughters um, who kind of mentioned to me about well, would you ever become a deacon? And I would say, ah, oh, you're crazy. They'd never take me. I'm too old. Mm-hmm. Why hmm. would they say that? I mean, like, what was it about you that they thought that? You know, you know, you'd have to ask them. But huh. they they've always said, especially my my youngest. Um, you know what? She just she even says it to this to this day that, um, that and I knew one day that you would get back into the church. Hmm. And uh, so I was like, no, you're crazy, that I'm, I'm, I'm too old, I'm divorced, and I've got two young kids, they'd never take me.
3: <laughs> so time
2: goes on, and then I end up becoming, um, I did some coaching while I was teaching, and, and one of my last gigs was uh, a ski coach um, at Novi High School, and I was kind of like a parapro for one of the students who had a, who has a undiagnosed genetic disorder. Hunter, great individual, great family, um, like no fine motor skills. So he needed help putting on his gloves, uh, needed help sipping up his coat. Um, but boy, could he ski. And, uh, he was just kind of, he needed a lot of one-on-one attention. So they brought me on board. I worked with him for two or three seasons and I got to know his grandfather who was a deacon out in Colorado. Um, so started chatting with his grandfather. And then I started thinking about it. And those comments that my daughter had made back mm-hmm. in the day which were kind of stirring. So I went to my spiritual director, and I asked him about becoming a permanent deacon. And uh, he said, well, why would you want to do that? And I explained it to him. <laughs> and he said, OK. He goes, well, what about becoming a priest? <laughs> and I laughed. <laughs> and I said, I'll tell you what I told my daughters. Yeah. You're crazy. I'm too old. <laughs> I'm divorced, and I've got Two young kids that they'd never take me. Well, hmm. six years later, a little over six years later, here I am. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. it's been a it's been a beautiful journey. I. Uh... So now you didn't go to Sacred Heart though.
0: You went to a separate seminary, and we, you you were went at the same time with another gentleman, Father Bob Voiland. Yes. Right. Yeah. And um, what was that seminary? You want to tell us a little bit about it because it is unique to to the United States and to for. Why don't you just tell us about it? Yeah,
2: sure thing. <laughs> well, first off, the name of the school is Pope St. John uh, the Twenty Third National Seminary. And I really believe that the name should be International Seminary because during the four years that Father Bob and I attended Pope St. John the XXIII, uh, we went to school with, with men from all over the world, mm-hmm. Australia, Africa, Asia, Europe, South America, Central America, Canada, and obviously all over the United States. Um, so it was just a beautiful experience. We jokingly say it's like the old man's seminary, but it, it, it's, it's specifically designed you, you for- You eat dinner at two o'clock at Bob <laughs> Evans? The or... <laughs> lights out at four. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> no, you, 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 you broke my train of thought. You do go. You go. You go to bed kind of early though, don't you? <laughs> you, you are early, early to bed. early to, I early to, really to rise to too. I'm, I am early to bed early yeah, really to rise.
3: The first stop in the rectory every uh, every day. Yeah, yeah.
2: Usually about four, four thirty. <sighs> it just goes back to my teaching days though. I mean, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm a morning person. I've always been a morning person. So I would front load my day, my school day, by getting to school as early as possible. um doing all the work that I needed to do, not having to fight with people at the copy machine, um, Mm. teach my full school day. At the end of the day, I would prep everything for the next morning. So when I would come in, I'd just be ready to go. Now you do this at the parish? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We threw you off track, though. You were oh, talking yeah. about the seminary. <laughs> yeah. So John, the, John 23rd. the 23rd. Yeah. So it, it was a beautiful experience. Some people said, well, why didn't they send you to uh, Sacred Heart in Detroit? <laughs> and I jokingly say, because everyone there is old enough to date one of my daughters. <laughs> and I've already got two kids. I don't need like 40, right? So, but but it was the wise thing. And, and like you had mentioned, John the 23rd is so unique because it is for Men. Um, it is specifically designed for men ages 35 to 60, and like I said, and above too, because the, we have you know Pat, the Pat who's there yeah, exactly three yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a beautiful place. It is. It, it's designed for men from all over the world. And and it was the first time in my life that I had ever moved away from home. I mean, really? I am 51 years old, and I'm leaving packing up the vehicle and I'm driving to Boston and and halfway there, I'm realizing I've never lived away from home before. I've always lived in Detroit, always lived in Detroit, you know (laughs) what? And it was, it was kind of, uh, it was beautiful. So I get to John the 23rd and um, it was just perfect. You know, guys, like I said, 35 to 60 all over, uh, all over the world, made a lot of great friendships and uh, was really able to focus on my vocation. Um, after my first year at John the 23rd, I attended IPF. And one of the professors there... Well, you got
0: to explain what IPF is. Sure, sure, sure. sure yeah, it, it,
2: the Institute for Priestly Formation. So okay. it's, it's, a, it's in Omaha, Nebraska, and usually most seminarians, regardless of their age, um, that are seminarians in the United States, will go to Omaha for a, a nine-week program. And uh, I remember one of the professors there gave a definition of the job of a seminarian, which is to focus on self-actualization and let everyone else around him determine whether or not he has a vocation. Mm. And after that, I was all in. I was like, you know, I'm going to take this. And I would come home after every semester, after every break and tell my daughters, okay, you know, one semester at a time, one mm. year at a time, and, um, and, and and it was a two-way street. I had the decision to say, Mike, i gonna continue this, but also um, the faculty at the seminary and the archdiocese had a decision whether or not they're gonna have John continue. So boom, Uh, after four years, I was ordained May 15th in in 2021. And April the 1st, I will be celebrating my ninth month anniversary at Divine Child. And it has been such a blessing uh, living with Father Bob, father David and yourself and and working alongside you guys. It's just been a joy. It's this ministry has, has really, um, been everything I thought it would be. And so much more. Yeah. Uh, The the people of God are just, uh, just amazing. And and I'm, I'm happy to be where I am. And I know that everything that I've ever experienced in my entire life has gotten to me to the point where I am today. And uh, there's no one I would rather be, and there's no place than I would rather be, than being a priest for the Archdiocese of Detroit, um, working at Divine Child. Yeah, or, or it's really nice interesting. to have you, Thanks. have you with us. Thank yeah. you. Yeah,
0: and you both kind of came to the priesthood a little bit later in yeah. life and everything, too. Can I back up a little bit? Just sure. Because I, I know some guys, when I talk to them, they're a little bit nervous or... Even just people, when I go to the parishes and talk, they're they're nervous about the schooling. And you mentioned that when you went to the counselor, he's like, you know, not everybody's called to go to college and seminary is not necessarily easy. I mean, no. there's a lot of. So how how did that work out for you? How were you able to go
2: through the classes and everything like that? At John the Twenty Third, yeah, it, <laughs> I remember going to uh, my academic advisor and I and and uh, I chatted with him and I was like, you know, okay. It's been over 20 years since I've written a paper. And I have a learning disability, I have a reading disability. Really? yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I was I talked to them about it and I was like, okay, it just really was upfront, very transparent on, on my learning techniques and my learning styles and, and how I learn. And um, they were very accommodating. And uh, it was great because the first semester, every the first semester of my first year, Every paper I wrote, I handed in at least one to two weeks early. And I gave it to the professor, and I said, "You know, it's been 20 years since (laughs) I've written a paper. Could you look this over? Tell me if I'm same line for four years. It's been 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) So, and it was like, you know, it's been so long. Could you look this over? Am I am I on the right track? Is this what you're looking for? Mm. Um, Give me some feedback. If I have to scrap it and start from scratch, and and John the 23rd was. Every professor that first semester, they gave me a ton of feedback. And um, by the end of the semester, I, I was handing things in on time without having to have any mm. uh, proofing done. So, And, and writing's not one of my fortes either, but um, it was the great thing about John the 23rd. And, I, and I'm sure David, Father David, feels the same way. And, and, and all three of you guys, when you guys are at Sacred Heart, um, the job is to get you to the end point. And, and whatever we need to do to help you get there, we will do. So there was a lot of support, a lot of encouragement at, at John the 23rd. Um, I actually had a, an undergraduate degree and a master's degree in education, but I went to school with guys out at uh, John the 23rd who had no college education. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they were still able to successfully complete the program, be ordained, and are serving in their home diocese, like I said, throughout the world and throughout the country yeah, beautiful. yeah. beautiful and sacred hearts
0: like that too right yeah. Like they're gonna help you. It's not yep. about we're gonna make you run through the gauntlet and see if we can weed you out exactly. right exactly like if you're no, called they, to the priesthood, yeah. we'll make it happen and yeah. I can some of even my classmates who weren't uh, the best in English, so to speak, you know they would you know help them out with language lessons and different things like that. I mean, the seminary is here to Good guys ordained if God is yeah. calling them to, to
2: ordination. So, some of the guys that I went to school with out in Boston at John the Twenty Third, uh, English was their second language. Uh, I had guys from Puerto Rico and 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 Mexico um, who who struggled with the language, and, and they would write their papers in in Spanish, their mm-hmm. native tongue, and then translate them uh, into mm-hmm. English in order to hand them in. Mm-hmm. And and the uh, John the Twenty Third was very accommodating with all of that. Yeah, so it's great. That's now, Father great. Bob, you said something that you weren't the,
0: I, I know you're a good student, but you weren't like Father David who could get, make it through the seminary for eight years with all A's and <laughs> yes. do extra credit A pluses and everything <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. And you have a great memory. You can remember every Beatles song and where it lands in the album, <laughs> yes. right? You are a great Beatles fan, are you not? He's <laughs> a great lover of anything. <laughs> you want to tell us the story about the, the, fun, one, the one of the bishops sitting at the table?
1: What about the Beatles? (laughs) Please, please, (laughs) please share this story. I was sitting at lunch with uh, uh, someone who, well, is now a bishop, (laughs) and uh, not for Detroit, though. And um, I was also with, uh, now, Father Steve Wharton, and and we were talking about a Beatles song, and I think one of us said, uh, well, that's from the White album, the the first, and it's a two-disc, so it's like, The first disc, second side, and this particular priest said, A mind is a terrible thing to waste. (laughs) (laughs) We disagree. So, uh, you know, it's good to have passions. And, you know, I mean, if there's things in this world that are um, beautiful, uh, that are true, that are good, those are things that can inspire you to, um, you know, like. Well, in Philippians chapter four, it says, think about that which is good and noble and worthy of praise. And uh, uh, even some of the Beatles songs fall into that category. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Amen. nothing's going to be perfect. Of course, there's mm-hmm. going to be some
0: songs that aren't good or right. even some art that's not good. But, you know, if there's some beauty in it, if there's some truth in yeah. it. Let's take the truth and
1: disregard the yeah. rest, right? You I'm know. very passionate about movies. I, uh, I started watching... Read Bell prize movie when I was like eight years old. So I mean, I uh, it, it just sticks, you know. Yeah. Know. And it's amazing the memory
0: you have of them and even like, oh, this person won the Academy Award and at this time, but oh, yeah. oh look at this <laughs> scene, you know, that he dropped the glove that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah,
1: like, water, on the waterfront. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Marlon Branham picked it up and put it on Eva Marie Saint's uh, glove. But, uh yeah, and I mean, everyone has different talents, jokingly, I mean, I, I graduated with a, a strong B average, but I from the seminary, but i I did kid and say that everyone else graduated with honors. I graduated with ulcers which is a translation, I just had to do the very best I could and, uh, and, and hope for the best, and it uh, it worked out very well. yep, yeah. Father so. David, what do you
0: call a, a priest who um? graduates with an A and a priest who graduates
1: with a C.
3: You call them both father. Yeah, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that
1: no one ever came up to me and uh, asked me, now what was your grade point average? You know, Father, (laughs) what was your grade point average? What did you get in this? Nope. You know, if you have that, uh, you know, we strive to have a a joyful servant's heart, you know, and a love of God, Mm -hmm. you know, God's going to use us. Yeah. Amen.
0: Now. We all live together. Uh, yes. Of course, I'm not That's a right, sign. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a sign there, but I do have a, a wonderful room there, and I was welcomed in by you priests. So thank you very much for having me there. Yeah, you got you the got... dishes today. Don't forget. Yeah, you right <laughs> the dishwasher. So, well, we all have our own little gifts and things that we do around the house and stuff corks. like that, and corks and gifts. and. But, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, like, it, it's great to, to live in a rectory with a number of priests because mm-hmm. there's things that when I lived alone that I just didn't have. And like you said, we we watched a couple movies together and we were kind of starting a movie club. Didn't we get a couple movies under our belt before? We've seen a couple. Mm -hmm. And
3: then we actually started watching uh, The Chosen recently. Uh, we're, we're, We're through to the last episode. And we lost the adapter that we need to watch the last episode, (laughs) so we've kind of been stuck there for a while. But
1: I bought the DVD or whatever. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, (laughs) anyone out there listening, if you haven't, (laughs) (laughs) this is this is an inspired commercial. If you haven't watched The Chosen, it is I describe it life-transforming. It is so beautiful. spoken uh from a someone. true film critic right yes, here absolutely yeah. Heard it. that but... says a lot utterly brilliant brilliant yes. yeah. And yeah.
3: I think it, it gives you a, a window into just like the humanity of jesus in a way that you know yeah. is just very very beautiful and the interplay between the disciples yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yes
0: yeah i was trying to get my mom to watch it for a very long time mom you need to watch the chosen i'm not watching the chosen like come on <laughs> mommy watch the chosen i'm not watching the chosen and then all of a sudden I came over one day and my mom's like, Did you see The Chosen? That's <laughs> Jesus.
1: That's that's Jesus. I've seen so many movies, but that's Jesus. Yes. People have come up to me, prisoners. Thank you so much for encouraging us to watch The Chosen because mm. we have and we love it. Yeah, yeah. So now
0: with, with a number of you at the parish assigned to the parish, now I live with you guys, but I don't nec- I don't necessarily um you know serve there um you know each kind of take on your own thing a little bit you want to kind of all explain kind of like what your niche is at at divine child i know you try to really kind of share the load and, and kind of do things you want to kind of just kind of go through an average day of what kind of that looks like you know. maybe oh, father. father john wakes up first <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> father john wakes up first <laughs> <laughs> father david three david hours later no. <laughs> no. But I mean, my like, alarm goes off no. you know like <laughs> father david of course is the you know has the schedule and everything like that, you know? Ah, so. uh-huh. <laughs> we,
3: well, I think, uh, the well, ordo actually, master. The, the ordo master. Yes. Yeah, so right now I do make the, the presider's schedule of who says mass. Although I was just talking to Father John about maybe, maybe passing that off. Uh-huh. <laughs> <a little> <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, it's, it's interesting that you bring this up. We do try, I think we do generally try to, to split things up pretty, pretty evenly in terms of like, uh, we don't have one person who does all the funerals or uh or, or what have you
1: weddings um, we, yeah.
3: We, yeah yeah get those we we of... up yeah Divided Divided conquer, you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so yeah,
2: yeah well um, balanced like you said you know i, I yeah. i'm gonna go back to maybe rewind just a little bit sure you, know, you had mentioned about um living together mm-hmm. and i remember when i first met father bob and i i found out that i was going to be assigned to dc and i came over for an interview and and he told me how fortunate i was to be at dc because it's like stepping back in time to like what life was like in a parish back in the forties and fifties mm, mm-hmm. and not only the community, um, but also the living accommodations. I mean, I'm living with three other priests you know. Yeah. most priests in the That's archdiocese. a very unique Exactly. Yeah. 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 And the rectory is a rectory. Like each
0: yep. priest has yeah. their own kind of bathroom. Yeah. They have yeah. their own bathroom, sitting yeah. room and everything
2: yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it just it's the beauty. I mean, as a first year priest, I'm so fortunate to be with you guys to learn um, the ropes. Uh, I look up to you. I admire you. Uh, you you help me to learn uh, what I'm doing right. What do I need improvements on? And there is a learning curve in all of this. Yeah, so yeah. and I appreciate it. And, that, yeah. and and like you said, we'll we'll sit down and eat dinner and talk about the day uh, that passed and what's coming up ahead. And it's it just it's it's great to um, I don't know get your feet wet um, and and to have this experience that I have yeah. um, with the three of you guys. So once again, no, thank
0: you. yeah, it's great. I think that's one of the blessings of living with other priests. Yeah. You don't have all the answers, so you got no. someone to ask. You know, like the mm-hmm. other day, I was asking Father David. You know, can I change the gospel in Lent if I need to to preach about vocations? He's like, I don't know. You need to check the order and stuff. And I knew, I knew that you weren't supposed to be able to do it, but you know, just asking another person just to get that mm-hmm. feedback Clarifying, or yeah. like I was walking past the door, you know, you're like, Hey, Hey, can I, <laughs> yeah. can I do this at a committal? You know, like, right, at exactly. the, at the, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm there, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you could just do this and, yeah. like, and being able to ask those questions are, are, are very good. And even, you know, I mean, sometimes we mess up and I need a confession or something like oh, I got three <laughs> other guys that I can, <laughs> Hey, exactly, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <that's right. laughs> right. I need to go to
0: confession. <laughs> yeah.
1: It is.
3: It is beautiful. And uh, yeah, I think there's just a lot gained from from sharing ministry, but also just rectory life, right? I mean, we get to, we pray together, we eat together. Um, yeah, we just share life.
0: Together. Yeah. And it's not every single day, but we do yeah. try to at least a couple days to make sure that we're praying evening prayer together and mm-hmm. having a meal together. And, you know, it's, it's a lot different. Um, I think one of the things that's unique to me I, I don't know if this is too much information but I TMI. I cut up all of my food on it <laughs> he does I, but there's a, there's a reason for it I lived on my Veggie, own for five veg-matic. years right so I cut up everything to put it all in one big mush of a plate and then microwave it so that mm. I could sit in front of the TV and just shovel it into my mouth because <laughs> that's what I did when you ate alone you're just in front of the TV and then like to learn how to use a knife and fork again because you you're talking to other people <laughs>
1: that's right I used to eat a lot of my meals over the kitchen sink when I was living by myself. And it is a joy you know to uh, uh, to, to live and minister and uh, grow together it's it's I think what God really has' in store for us you know to mm. to uh, build each other up and uh, yeah and we you know each have our you know as Paul said, you know the can, can, hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you, the eye can't mm. see. you know and I think, I think uh, in our ministry, it, it's a beautiful uh, we're very complementary to one another. Mm-hmm. Yes yeah, I think that's really good. and agreed. And the beautiful thing is that we all are very passionate about schools. Yes, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and trying to uh, one of the most important things I learned in the seminary was the phrase "The Ministry of Presence." Yes, to be present there, and uh, you know, uh, to have kids have the opportunity to just walk up to you and in the cafeteria or you know uh, in the hallway uh, Mm -hmm. or wherever and just say hi or I have a question. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's building relationships and uh, for for kids to have those kind of memories uh, of oh yeah. You know, they weren't the aloof, but rather they were down to earth and approachable. Approachable, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. And for perfect. those
0: who don't know, know, there is a K through eight and a high school at Divine Child, so yes, there's
1: the, every age there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a
3: hopping yeah. place. And what's what's our word? What's our word for the schools, Father? Encounter. That's right. So
1: That's right. I mean, That's it, it's the mission. It, it's true for our schools, our staff, yeah. and our, our team, and our parents our families in our parish that, you know, it's uh uh it's encountering the Lord that then gives us the hunger, the real hunger mm. to to be um joyful missionary disciples. You know, so so it's yeah, that's that's the goal. And from a thousand and one different directions. It's <laughs> <laughs> another Father Bob phrase.
3: <laughs> Times two. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Now, some of the unique gifts that you guys get to do, uh, aren't you doing something special next year in, in the schools, Father David?
3: Ah, yes, actually, I am. Uh, next year in the high school, I'm going to teach an elective in philosophy. You okay. are? So I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't all tell you, you about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: can we pause? So <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. I'll be minutes. right back. <laughs> no, I yes, know all so about <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: yeah, that that's. Um, I'm very excited for that. And I do, uh, I enjoy getting it, getting into the classrooms every now and again. You know, I've, I've done it since I've gotten here where I go in every so often and just, we'll just do like a one-off kind of guest lecture teaching. Uh, I love interacting with the kids, but I was looking for something where, you know, maybe you could get to know a group on maybe a little deeper level. And uh, Father Bob was kind enough to give, give the thumbs up to, to teach a class. And so I'm very excited about that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to doing that this fall
0: yeah and you started a kind of a i mean you were the catalyst to begin the youth group again after COVID. Uh, ah the the young young adult adult group really
3: yeah yeah um yeah that's been that's been a a blessing as well we're in a bit of a, a period of transition right now a couple of our our leaders have have moved on or are soon to move on so uh but but yeah
0: that's been a great blessing as well yeah yeah Put Father John on the spot. Did you do anything new?
2: <laughs> Everything's new. <laughs> hey, do you get into schools that are, you know, oh, yeah, walk around yeah, the schools? Yeah. School yeah, yeah. You know, and, but go back, let's go back to Father David. You know, I, 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 I've observed <laughs> him over these past nine months, and, and he's a natural born educator. Mm-hmm. So putting uh, him in the classroom is going to be a great asset to uh, Divine mm-hmm. Child. So.
3: And you've, you've you've spent some time in the classroom yourself, haven't you? Yeah. With Especially with uh, the ISP program. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: What's ISP? I'll
3: let, I'll let Father John take that.
2: ISP, it's a program at Divine Child. And right now, what, what the acronym stands for is completely escaping me. Oh. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're all looking at me like, uh, <laughs> I've got this look on my face. Yeah.
3: Instructional <laughs> support program, thank right? You. So there you is go. That, thank, thank you so much. much.
2: <laughs> and um, really what it is, it, it is a... Uh, it, it, from. What I understand, Divine Child is the only Catholic high school uh, in the archdiocese, possibly in the state, that also that offers uh, services for students um, with disabilities, okay, mm-hmm. learning disabilities, whatever they may be. So, uh, uh, it, and it's been great. And this was started by one of the teachers, grassroots. He saw the need, um, one student at a time. Uh, years later, now uh, it's a program that is. Uh, Truly, a part of the uh, the framework of Divine Child. It's mm-hmm. supported by the administration, mm-hmm. by the teachers, and I walk in, learn about it, and I'm just sitting there thinking, this is exactly what I was doing when I was a public school teacher wow. uh, for 26 years. And, and, and for um, Brian to have started it from scratch is, is just simply amazing, um, and it really gives. Uh, the students you want to uh, give them credit What, what is, what's brian's name leslie brian, brian leslie yeah yeah. yeah yeah brian yeah brian leslie over at dc good job brian yep yeah. absolutely <laughs> shout out <laughs> phenomenal teacher phenomenal program um and they're doing it right um yeah. they're doing what's best for for kids and how how awesome is that is that you know you get a little bit of background in that to be able to help out and use your unique <laughs> gifts and talents well, yeah you know and 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 I would love to be in the schools more. I'm sure, just like Father David. Um, but
0: but you got to learn how to be a priest, though, right? I
2: got, I got <laughs> to learn how to Amen. be a priest. I got, there's this learning curve, and there's so, like but that
0: learning what, curve. You know? By the way,
3: I'll I'll let you know when you get off of it because I'm still <laughs> on it. You know,
2: like Father Bob says, there's a thousand and one things to do yeah. at a parish. You yeah. know, and yeah. that's yeah, just the a big parish like that. So. Exactly. You know, and then you add the schools and, and the athletics and, and everything else. So. Um, it's, it's just, like I said, it you know, sounds like a broken record, but yeah. very fortunate to be at D.C. and uh love it to death.
0: Well, I tell Father Bob this every now and then, just you know how how good it is for him to be able to allow some of these things that happen as a pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, It's really up to you to say what your associates are going to do and what they can't do and to be able to say, you know what, these are your gifts. Why don't you go ahead and do it? Like, You know, it was Father David's idea to build an ice chapel, but it was you to allow that to happen, you know. And that's that's a really beautiful. Well, actually, it was
3: it was Mr. Brayer, our campus minister's
0: idea. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to him too, Mr. (laughs) Mr. Brayer, good on you. (laughs) But I mean, like to to allow the guys to to Mm. do things that they normally wouldn't necessarily get to do their first or second year at priesthood, because right, you're not taking all of the Holy Week liturgies, right? Everybody's doing something different. Who's got what Mm. this
2: year? I I have Holy Thursday, okay. Good Friday, and I have the Easter Vigil. Easter Vigil, and no, that's not something you normally get to do your first or second year. You no, know I mean I, I had midnight mass. I mean normally you, you you didn't do midnight mass until you became a pastor. But you know that was one of the things that Father Bob had said initially when I got to DC. Is I want to make sure that you have the complete experience. The, full,
3: um, divine go, the yeah. full divine child experience. There you go. The full divine child experience. That's the time the you'll. Yeah.
2: yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So Father Bob has been great to give us the opportunities to, like I said, I was fortunate enough to be the uh, the, the main celebrant at midnight mass. I'll have Holy Thursday. Father Bob's going to have good Friday services, and, and Father David will yeah. have uh, the Easter visual. Get to wash people's feet and everything. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. It's, it's going to be a beautiful experience. And, yes. and, and, and you're going to read it over how many times before you do it? <laughs> <laughs> how many times have I read it over before yeah, I get yeah, there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, no, yeah, that's and, and it's all a part of the learning curve. Or Like so. Father David, last year you sang the Exalted, right? That's right. That's right. Are you doing it this year too? Or? I don't think so. Okay. No.
3: It might be a little much <laughs> from How many too.
0: times yeah, are you gonna read it? How many times you gonna read it over?
3: Oh, I, I've already started, believe yeah. me. I got the binder. It's coming yep. up in a couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's coming soon. Yeah.
0: I think the the way of life that I get to see you guys live, you know, and I get to kind of be a part of it, but everything has its rhythm and you guys are working together and it's a very beautiful thing even that you know like saturdays there's a time where confessions that you're all there and just Mm -hmm. you know you can always come back into the kitchen and be like okay who's doing what what's going on who's got what and call them the dc3 meetings
1: (laughs) yep exactly yeah we have a dc3 meeting almost every week (laughs) just to compare notes and plan uh, it's yeah. good yeah. look at the calendar what's coming up yeah mm-hmm.
0: it's really great for me too as 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 a priest who doesn't have a parish to kind of be accepted yeah. into the dc family a little bit you know I, I got my mailbox there and i walk in and i know the staff and they know That's me right. now and it's just you know you feel like you belong a little bit more than just kind of being out on your own so yeah. mm-hmm. thank you 100%. again for letting me come and live with you all
3: sure <laughs> well it's it's great having you father craig it's uh you're, you're 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 a lot of fun to live with. You you bring your your artistic perspective to so many things. And we appreciate
2: <laughs> that. And your your uh, Duke swag that you wear around. My Duke, <laughs> Duke, you know <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, it was funny the other day.
0: You like you said something like, "Why you like Duke so much?" Because like, I, I went no. to Duke. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. Like, oh, okay, it makes sense now. Well, okay, what you go to Duke for? So that's, awesome. that's when
2: you told me about your doctorate.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So I want to give you both, uh, you know, a last, uh, whatever you want to say, like, if you could tell a young man right now, or
2: even an older man right now, considering the priesthood, what, what advice would you give them? Maybe I'll pass along the advice that was given to me. Um, always keep your heart open. Um, stay true to what you're feeling, what you're thinking. And, And, and the, uh, going into the priesthood is a process. And if you're, you're true to the process, and if you, uh, stay focused, um, you'll know whether or not God is calling you to be a priest. So it really doesn't matter how old you are. As I said earlier, I was 51 years old when I started uh, this process um, five years ago. So um, I'm excited. I'm energized. Uh, I feel like I've got a, like a second lease on life. So And uh, everywhere along the line, every person that I've encountered uh, has been supportive um, from yourself, the vocation, former vocation director, uh, Father Joe Horn, uh, Archbishop Vigneron, and, and everyone in between uh, that has helped me to get to where I am today, and I'm eternally grateful. Yeah,
0: awesome.
1: Yeah, and for me, uh, again, I have to admit, uh, thinking about the priesthood, I, by the time I was like 25 or 26, I thought, oh, I'm too old to go in the seminary, because I didn't know any seminarians. I thought like, oh, that's something you do right out of high school, which Mm -hmm. some people do, but not many. And, but it it was persisting and I just had to look into it. And then, so interestingly, I was 36 when I started and I only had two classmates and one was two years older than me, Mm. you know, so uh, don't think you're too old. Talk to Father Craig. Um, Don't be afraid. And... uh, a life of of service to others is so fulfilling. I, I, it's mm. just uh, been an, an incredible blessing to me, and um, the people you meet. And uh, I, I think it also keeps you young. You know, I'm sixty, uh, almost sixty nine, and you know, there's a lot of people that are kind of kind of slowing down. And boy, you know, it is.
3: Uh... You're not slowing down, Father. <laughs> no,
1: no, not at all. <laughs> uh, no, it is. We try road to road. slow you down, but no. <laughs> Yeah, and so I, I'm just honored to be a priest, and I'd mm. encourage anyone who's thinking of it, and 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 don't fall into the trap of thinking, oh, I'm not holy enough, or I'm not smart sure. enough, or mm. you know, mm. I'm nervous speaking in in front of uh, uh, people. You know, those are things. Uh, well, no one's holy enough, you know, uh, <laughs> but we're invited to be a participant in really the priesthood of Jesus Christ, mm. and. Um, you know, for the other things that might be like, oh, I can't imagine, you know, speaking in front of a whole church full of people, you know, that that's that's where the Holy Spirit in comes in, and I think whether you're a priest or not, God is calling us to expand our comfort zone, you know, so that uh, it's like, oh yeah, I mean, I used to be uh, very nervous, you know, the thought of, you know, I, I thought that. That would be my martyrdom, speaking, you know, <laughs> public speaking. Mm. But then after a while, it's like, uh, it's it's a form of service that's very fulfilling. So don't be afraid and don't fall into the trap of kind of like false humility, like, oh, I'm not holy enough, so I'm not going to do this. Uh, you know, it, it, for me, God was like the hound of heaven that just kept after me. Mm. And I just had to investigate. So if you're, if you're not, if that, if those questions continue to arise, maybe that's the Holy Spirit, and look into it. Yeah. If and you've
2: ever thought about becoming a priest, give Father Craig a call. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Let that discernment uh, unfold, and because you know uh, God has a unique and an unrepeatable vocation for each and every one of us, and we do well to uh, to search that out.
2: Amen.
0: Amen to that. Well, thank you, Father Bob and Father John, for coming out today. You're and, welcome. Uh, it's great sharing your with vocation you. stories. Thank with you. you very much. much. I'll see you a little bit later on and
1: <laughs> dinner. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> dinner. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, Father Bob, you want to lead us out with a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, uh, we uh, ask that you give us open hearts and minds that that we can joyfully surrender. Uh, that we can let go and and let your plan unfold in all of our lives. No matter what part, what chapter of our life we're currently in, Lord, we know that uh, really the best is yet to come uh, when we walk with you. So uh, we pray that for each of us here and for everyone that will be listening to this podcast, that we can joyfully surrender to your will uh, that the great adventure uh, that you have in mind for each of us might indeed unfold and we may do your will, uh, that we might uh, glorify you in all that we do, uh, and that we might find um, joy and peace in doing your will. We make our prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the, the Father, and the, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit.
2: Amen. Amen. Thank you gentlemen, everything. Thanks for having us, Father Craig. Appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. You've been listening to Men of the Hearts, a monthly podcast from the Archdiocese of Detroit Office of Priestly Vocations. Join me every month, Father Craig Guerra. And me, Father David Pelican. As we explore the priesthood, hear vocation stories from priests all over the archdiocese, and answer questions about discerning a priestly vocation. Tune in every month to wherever you get your podcast. Learn more at DetroitPriestlyVocations.com.